You're listening to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. My name is Sammy Reyes, and as a college student and entrepreneur, I'm always looking for a little more passion in my life. On this podcast, my guests and I will teach you the tools to help you fashion your passion. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode 107 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, I am here with Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox, Curtis Morley. I am super excited to have you on the show today, Curtis. Can you tell my listeners a little bit more just about your journey and sort of how you decided to first become an entrepreneur yourself? And second, why did you decide to write The Entrepreneur's Paradox? Great question. My journey actually started at a really young age. I remember back in the day, we used to have Saturday morning cartoons. And I had this gigantic bowl of peanut butter Captain Crunch, the kind that lacerates the roof of your mouth. (laughs) But it's so good, especially that milk at the end. And I was munching down this monstrous bowl of peanut butter Captain Crunch watching cartoons. And so I'm just this little kid. And afterwards was the CBS Saturday morning special. And typically I would turn it off. But this particular day, I still had about half of my bowl left of this Captain Crunch. And as I was eating, I just let the TV play. And this particular Saturday morning special was about the founder of the original Snow Shack in California. And this is in the 80s, so this is a minute ago, but they were talking about how he had duplicated his model and he had snow shacks on all these corners and he was worth half a million dollars as a 15-year-old kid. And back in the 80s, that was actual money. That was real money. (laughs) You know, what would that be nowadays? That'd be, what, $5 million, something like that. And my mind was just shattered. I was like, no way. This 15-year-old kid, he's only a few years older than me, $500,000. And throughout this whole episode, they kept using the word, this crazy word I'd never heard before. And so the episode finished and I went to my mom and I said, mom, mom, what does this word mean? And she said, well, what word? I said, entrepreneur. (laughs) And she said, well, your dad's an entrepreneur. And then my mind went, just exploded into a million pieces. I said, what? My dad's an entrepreneur? And we lived in this teeny little town. The town was called Farron, Utah. It had a total population of 1,400 people. And my dad owned the grocery store in the little teeny town of Farron. And that was the day I said, I am going to be one of these entrepreneur things. I have to be one of these. And so that was the day I decided to become an entrepreneur. That is so powerful because my dad is also an entrepreneur. And so just to, I mean, first off, just the fact that like that television segment was so powerful to you, it enhances that, that idea that like media is so influential, right? And like the things that like are printed and like are recorded and everything like that is so influential. But also it goes to the fact that like, your two worlds basically came together, right? It's that like fantasy of like you watching your cartoons one day and like you being in that world and then watching like sort of a more real segment on TV and then having your dad be that thing that you were just watching about. It like everything just comes together and I feel like that just 
makes it so much more impactful on your end of what can I do now to pursue this thing. So what was sort of like, did you have any like, you know, like mini businesses or something like that when you, you know, finally had that realization or what was the process like after that? Oh, I, I had so many mini businesses. <laughs> so many. Once my mom, I, I was like, mom, can I be an entrepreneur? And she said, yeah, you just need to have an idea of what people want and then produce whatever they want. I was like, okay, then that's what I'm going to do. So some of my crazy ideas my younger brother was really into doing plays. So he would get kids from the neighborhood to do plays and I would set up the chairs and then I would charge all of the parents a quarter to come watch the play. <laughs> and, and I sold greeting cards door to door as this little teeny kid, you know, I'm sure that several of them opened the door and they couldn't even find me. They're like, where, where, Oh, there you are down there. <laughs> and I sold greeting cards. I did. Yeah. You name it. Every lemonade stand type idea that was possible, I attempted. That's incredible for sure, because it just increases your track record, really. When you get to the big world and you're like, oh, I'm actually an entrepreneur now, but I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, you know? And it's just, it just all makes sense. So is that sort of what inspired you to sort of write The Entrepreneur's Paradox? Like, where did that inspiration come from? Because, you know, it's like one thing to own a business and then it's another thing to like write an entire book. And so talk to us about that journey and sort of was there a moment where you're like, I want to write everything down for the next generation or what was that like? Yeah. So my first real business, the first business that actually was substantial was while I was in college. I started that company and it was a full service media agency. And um, Sammy, I did everything wrong. Everything. <laughs> this is not hyperbole. This is, this is truth. I did everything wrong. And I made every possible mistake you can make in starting a business. And some of them I made two and three times just to make sure I got them down. But it was, it was truly trial by fire and trial and error. And there was a lot of pain involved. And so me as a 26-year-old kid starting my first company, I really wish that I had somebody to sit me down and say, hey, Curtis, this is what you're going to run into. And this is when you're going to run into it. And you know, it's going to be kind of hard, but there's actually a few things that you can avoid here. So why don't we jump over those pits and not fall, fall into them? And that's really why I wrote the book was for that entrepreneur that is me, that's just getting their business started, that really wants to understand how to do it without all the pain that I went through, because there was a lot. And you can ask just about anybody in my first few companies, well, all of my companies about the mistakes I made. And you'll hear some great stories. <laughs> and so that's really, I wanted to write a book that would have helped me if I went back to that 26-year-old and that will help others. And so that's where the inspiration came from. That's really powerful because I think a lot of the time when people write books, when more specifically when entrepreneurs write books about their journey, they sort of focus it on I guess you can say their age group in a sense, you know? So like when they have succeeded, they're more like, oh, here are the things I've done to succeed. 
but I'm going to use examples that only 30, 40, 50 year olds would know about. Right. And so when you say like you wrote about the stuff that like your 26 year old self would have written about in my, or would have wanted to know in my mind that goes to you are sort of thinking about who you were in the beginning when you started this all. And I feel like a lot of writers don't go back to that because they don't want to remember that. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying though? They want to like, they want to sit in their success and they want to show people that like I've built 18 businesses and like, I'm here to like show you that like you can too, but they still sit on that high horse. And like when you sort of think about doing interviews like this, writing that book, when you think about where you came from, it's a whole different experience. And I'm going to assume that it makes the writing process all more of, I guess, better. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. Obviously, this is all assumption, but I just feel like for me, that's one of the reasons like because I've read a wealth of entrepreneur people who have written books who are entrepreneurs. And from most of what I got through with yours, it stands out from the rest. But to you, like, what is the difference of your book? How does it stand out compared to the others? So when I started writing, it's a joke because people say, how long did it take you to write a book? And I say, well, 15 years, <laughs> because that's when I started the idea of writing a book. But the actual sit down day to day writing, I started it and it took about three months and I took a pause. So I had written about three fourths of the book and then I went and climbed Kilimanjaro and down in Africa. So we went up on the Tanzania side. And we decided that we're going to hike this mountain in five days. Typical is about seven to 10. And we found out why that most people do it in seven to 10. But, but it was such a transformational experience to go climb the largest freestanding mountain in the world. It was, it was so transformational that, that I came back and I spent another three, almost four months rewriting the whole book because of that experience, because of the transformation that happened. And they have a saying about the mountain. They say, you can't go up without coming down changed. And it's true. Every single person on our expedition came back a different person. What did that transformation look like? It was very much a personal journey. It was very much a personal voyage. It's a place that When you're up on the mountain at 19,000 feet and the altitude is setting in and everything is happening real time, you get everything stripped away from you but your soul. That's the only thing left is your soul. And for me, it was that stripping away that said, who am I really? When everything else is gone, what's left? Who's left? Who is this person that I call Curtis? That is really powerful because I'm always saying like the fact that like I would do X, Y, or Z if the circumstances that I was going through right now weren't occurring, right? If I was able to just be in a world where like no outside like obstacles happened, I could succeed in all these things and I can get all these things done and yada, yada, yada. and just the fact that like 
you were, I guess, sort of given that opportunity to take all the outside things away, obviously besides the mountain, but just to have that moment to yourself of like, I'm in this space right now. It's a unique opportunity. It's not like every day you're like, oh, I'm just going to go and climb a mountain for five days. And like, that's it. Like, you know, like, like I'm my lunch break. Like, I'm just going to go climb out. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like that. And it just seems like there's so much that has been impacted by it. Like how, like you said it was a personal journey and like you transformed in that way. But when you came back, like how did your personal transformation also transform like your businesses if it did or your relationships if it did? Yeah. And definitely transform the book. As I was climbing, I realized how many similarities to climb a mountain there are in building a business. There's so many similarities. And when anybody starts out their first business, they think that there's all these different paths they can take. But when it really comes down to it, there's only three mountain peaks that you can climb. There's the lifestyle business. There's the buyer be bought mountain range. Or there's the IPO. And each one has a similar analogous mountain here on earth. You know, the lifestyle business, I live here in Utah, and there's a beautiful, just gorgeous mountain right behind me called Mount Timpanogos. And it's, it's not short, but it's not crazy tall. It's, a, it's just under 12,000 feet. You can get up and down in, a, in about a day. If you, if you leave in the middle of the night, you'll be back the next day. And and it's gorgeous, one of the most beautiful mountains ever. But that's kind of like your lifestyle business. You know, you throw a couple PB&Js in the, in the backpack, you get a water bottle or two, and then you make it up and down and you sleep in your own bed. And it's a nice, beautiful hike. Still hard, still hard, no question, but a beautiful hike. And then you go to the Buyer Be Bought Mountain. That's like Kilimanjaro. That's where you need guides. That's where you need medical equipment if necessary. That's where you need porters and people to help carry some of your gear. That's where you need companions, you know, and that's a very different mountain range. And it's it's not something like you were saying, it's not something you do casually. It's not like, hey, what am I going to do today? Oh, I'll go summit a 19,000 foot mountain. (laughs) And then finally, there's the IPO mountain and the IPO mountain is the initial public offering of your company is very similar to Everest, the tallest mountain in the world. And that one, it's life or death. You don't go up without a Sherpa. You don't, you know, there's a lot of things that you plan well in advance. And so you've really got those three mountain ranges, the lifestyle, the buyer be bought, or the IPO. I love that sort of analogy, I guess you can call it, metaphor. I don't know what place, the English terms, I don't know what they are. But I love that because so many people think that building a business or building anything for that matter is quick and easy. They see the podcast episode, the Instagram posts, all that stuff. It's like before and after. But it's like there's never, at least there used to be never, a during that is shown. And the amount of work and like you mentioned before pain that and just like mental battle that goes into building a business specifically is a lot more 
than a lot of people can imagine. And the idea that people think it's not like that is like, no, wait, I want to like break that up and not, you know, which is also why going into my next point, why I think a lot of younger people shy away from the idea of entrepreneurship. I feel like it is on the rise right now. And then once they get started, they back out because they're like, wait a second, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. I was supposed to get rich quick or get famous quickly. And that didn't occur. So what exactly happened? But having books like The Entrepreneur's Paradox and having resources like this podcast make it so that you understand where you're going to go or what it may look like before you dive deep into it. And then you really can evaluate with yourself, do I want to go through this or not? What are your best tips for someone who is 15, 16, 17, heck, even 22 for that matter, who are like, I want to build a business. I want to make an impact. I want to do something. But also, I don't know where to start. I don't know the industry that I want to go into is too saturated. I'm not going to make it because I'm young. What would you say to them? You're never too young. You're never too young to start a business. And it's funny because if you look at most of the world, almost everyone's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Whether you're mowing lawns, babysitting, you know, if you're a teenager, that's an entrepreneur. And it, sure, it's not the glamorous you know, Fortune 500 entrepreneur, but it's still an entrepreneur. And you said something, where do they start? I would actually, I would submit that the question to ask is, where do I end? And pick the mountain, pick the destination. Because if you look at the statistics, the Bureau of Labor Statistics say that between 20 and 30% of all businesses will go defunct within the first year. So one year, 20 or 30, and within five years, 50% of all businesses will be defunct. That's what the numbers say, but I believe they have a wrong assumption. I don't think it's true at all. I don't believe that businesses fail. I believe entrepreneurs quit. And so if you look at the numbers in that way, then we're looking at half of the people saying, you know what, this is too hard. And that brings us back to, instead of where do I start, where do you want to end? And keeping your eye focused on that end goal, understanding which mountain am I going to climb and how am I going to party when I get to the top? <laughs> what, how am I going to celebrate when I'm at the summit? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think in a lot of different professions right now, so many people are quitting, whether it's because it got too hard or, or their mental health is sort of being affected by it or they're, again, like just not up for the challenge. It's sort of like this new trend that's going on. And I think the people who are sticking through it right now are the ones who are going to shine the brightest in two, three, four years. Because it's what I've learned is that life is always going to be tough and it's always going to throw something at you. And so there's no way to like dodge that bullet. It's going to happen. But if you learn to sort of repair and mend and, and not necessarily expect it, but like know that it's going to come up, challenges, obstacles, whatnot, then you can deal with them better. 
Yeah. And that's really why I wrote the book was to be able to avoid the pitfalls. And you're right. In this life, pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. And that's really why I wrote the book is to prevent prevent a bunch of that misery, to be able to jump over those pits and not fall in and not get eaten by the alligators. 100%. I absolutely, absolutely love this. I want to roll into the final question. This is a question that I've asked every guest who have ever been on the podcast. Based off of the title, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Dream big. If you're dreaming, dream big. If you're going to spend the time creating something, create something great. If you're going to spend the effort and wake up early in the morning and go to bed late at night, build something amazing. I love that so much. Where can people find you on the web, on social? Where can people go buy your book? Tell us everything. Yep, you can grab the book, Entrepreneur's Paradox, um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, major bookstores. You can also, if you are an entrepreneur and are looking to get help with your business, you can go to entrepreneursparadox.com and sign up for a free coaching, a 30-minute coaching session. And yeah, you can catch me, Curtis M at entrepreneursparadox.com. Everything will be linked down below so you guys have quick and easy access to it. Curtis, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been an incredible conversation. For those of you listening, please be sure to go buy his book, go follow him, go check out his website. It truly is so inspiring. And I will talk to you guys next week.